Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today. Please stay tuned for today's message from Apostle Tom Hammond on the first night of impartation. Enjoy. God bless. But Apostles Tom and Jane Hammond, they're the senior pastors of Vision Church in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. They minister together, and they minister together in an example of, of, of the body of Christ, of a husband and wife team working in tandem in unity to accomplish God's purposes. They carry an anointing to activate the saints in the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm believing that there's going to be an activation, a release, an impartation in this place tonight. Because that's the anointing that they carry. They impart both the spirit of wisdom and revelation. They have gone throughout the nations establishing church in different areas and breaking open territories through spiritual warfare for the kingdom of God. Now, Apostle Jane, I guess she's much more popular than her husband. But she's been featured on Christian television, on TBN, and through co-hosting with Gordon Robertson on the 700 Club. She's also written several books, including her very practical work on dreams and visions. And a call to marketplace ministry calls the uh, called the Cyrus uh, Cyrus decree, and a proclamation of a women in the church to arise and be the Deborah Company. But they are amazing, anointed, gifted servants of the living God. And when Apostle Jane asked me if if her husband could join her, I was thrilled. To think that we not only get one anointed vessel, but we get two anointed vessels. Amen. So I want to present to you tonight uh, just some amazing, amazing ministers of God, Apostles Tom and Jane Hammond. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Yui. Wow. What a, a privilege and honor just to, to be here tonight. We're excited about the atmosphere that God is creating. How many know that when you create the right atmosphere, then you charge the atmosphere, then there is an electric release of God's impartation, of God's activation, and all of a sudden we have the opportunity to go to a new level. How many want to go to a new level? Amen. You know, one thing I found out uh, many years ago, we've been pastoring for about 30 years now, a little over that, and... Uh, I found out that you can, in the parking lot, have two cars. They can come to church, and they can sit right beside each other. And one can have a charged-up battery, and the other one can have a dead battery. And you know what? The one doesn't help the other unless you hook them up, right? Get those jumper cables, we call them, right? And uh, if you hook up the dead battery to a charged battery, and if that charged battery is running, how many know it doesn't drain the charged battery? But it sure does something to the dead battery, right? And so all of a sudden, if you, they could be right beside each other. They don't help each other. But if you hook them up, 
then all of a sudden something is imparted, something is transferred, something in the atmosphere begins to shift. I tell you, already because of worship and praise and offering ourselves to the Lord, the atmosphere has been charged, all right? So I want you, if you will, just take hands with somebody next to you and just take a moment. Why don't you stand up because, uh, you know, then you got a little more anointing, I know, uh, when you stand up. Take hands, and I tell you what, if there's something dead inside of you that needs to come alive, if there's something that needs to be started, some power that needs to be loose, some ability God wants to bring out, let's pray right now that what's inside of you will begin to be loose to that vessel. Let's pour vessel to vessel. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Loose the anointing of God. Father, we declare it's a night of impartation. We declare it's a time for activation and that you're taking us to a new level and that you are releasing things, Father, from our hearts and from heaven. Now, as we take hands, we connect purposely to begin to release power, to begin to release that which begin to cause things that are dead to come alive and to function and to work and to operate in the name of Jesus. We bless that person on the right. We bless that person on the left. We lose the power of the Holy Ghost and we decree that they're not going to be dead in any way, but they, as we sang, are overcoming. They are rising up and they will be alive in every way, quickened by your Holy Spirit and will give you all the praise. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll turn to somebody and say, thank you for that. Come on, you always say thanks when God imparts something into your life. You may be seated for a moment. Uh, we want to uh, maybe just let you know for a moment about some of the resources that we have. And so my lovely assistant, no, uh, my, our co-laborship together in the kingdom, um, my wonderful bride, Apostle Jane, is going to give you some information. Amen. It's great to be back with you guys. We just want to honor your pastors tonight. Amen. Um, we, uh, we were supposed to be here with you a few months ago, but um, we were called away with some family emergencies and they just graciously allowed us to reschedule and out of that family emergency we actually had some phenomenal miracles so we'll be telling you about that let me tell you it is time for miracles amen and some of you are going to get your miracles tonight some of you are going to get your miracles tomorrow it is time for your miracle amen I'll let you know a few things about that we have out on our resource table um, these are the books that uh, the pastor was telling about this is um, my brand new release of dreams and visions um, and so I want to bless somebody with this as my brand new release. Uh, understanding and interpreting God's messages to you. All the way in the very back row on the aisle, this beautiful sister right here. We're going to bless her with that. A dreamer of dreams. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Give you a really good practical ability to learn to hear the voice of God. How many believe God is speaking today and that we need to hear his voice? Amen. Um, this is a book that I wrote called The Deborah Company, Becoming a Woman Who Makes a Difference. Do I have any men that would be bold enough to say, if you give me that book, I will read it so that I can liberate the women that are around me to be who God's oh called them to this. Gentlemen Some right here. Courage Come and on bravery. Up here. Now, wait a minute. Now, you're not just going to give this to your wife, right? You're going to read it, okay? Right. Because you know what? I am, thank you, God bless you, because I am a product in ministry of two men, my husband and my father-in-law, Bishop Bill Hammond, who stuck their hand in the middle of my back and pushed me forward. 
and said you're going to be everything that God's called you to be. Amen. And ladies, let me just say, you were not born a second-class citizen in the kingdom of God. Amen. That you have the same gifts, talents, abilities, calling, and destiny that our brothers do. Amen. And that I believe that God's called us to hook up together and to be a demonstration and an example to the earth of what God wants to do. Amen. So I want to encourage you, be everything that God's called you to be. Amen. And the Deborah Company. This was called the Cyrus Decree, which I think I wrote in the year 2000. And in this book, I actually talk about how God gave us um, insight into our particular territory that caused us to engage in a time of prayer and spiritual warfare. Does this church believe in prayer? Do you believe in spiritual warfare? I know you do. That's why I'm asking. (laughs) Um, And I just want you to know that that I can tell you honestly, without um, really any exaggeration, that in the year 2000, when the Lord gave us some insight that I write about in this book over our territory, we literally went from being one of the poorest counties in the state of Florida to within 18 months, Lindsay was there during that time, I think, we became within 18 months, we became the richest real estate market in the entire continental United States because we broke the demonic structures off our territory and we freed our land to be what God had called it to be. Amen. I believe God's got some promises for this Huntsville, Madison, Harvest area that you've not yet stepped into the potential of what God's created you to be. Amen. And so the other thing that I think is very significant about this is regardless of how you feel about our president, and I know that from moment to moment you may not know how you feel about our president but let me just say he's the 45th president and it was actually prophesied that God was going to raise up a Cyrus and Cyrus is written about in Isaiah chapter 45 so I think that we are in a Cyrus season now when the children of Israel were coming out of Babylon they were looking for a savior a messiah a deliverer let me tell you they were not looking for Cyrus, who was some pagan, idol-worshipping, heathen emperor, and yet God raised that man up to deliver the people of God and to launch them into their destiny. So I believe that this is a time and a season to read this book and understand prophetically what God is doing in our nation and what God is doing in the government of our land so that we can partner with God and believe God can do beyond what our mind thinks he can do. Amen. So I want to give this book. Um, is there anybody here that is working in, um, in government in this region? This sister right here. Come on up here. All right. Because I think we need to understand God's government, but we also need to understand how we're to impact the governmental structures. God bless you, sister. Amen. And then last but not least, um, this is my husband's brand new book, Hot Off the Press. It's called Seven Anointings for Kingdom Transformation. And these are the seven anointings that Christian International has operated in for the last, get this, 50 years. This, This year is our Jubilee year. Let me say that again. At CI, how many of you have been down to CI? How many of you have been ministered to by CI ministers at some time in your life? Let me just say this is our this is our 50th anniversary as a ministry. And uh, Bishop Hammond is going to be turning 83 this year. And he's still going strong. He traveled to 14 nations, traveled 200,000 miles last year at the age of 83. 
and prophesying to presidents and kings and and governors on, and right. leaders and legislatures. Amen. And we're gonna we write about that. My, my husband writes about this in this book that God is releasing these seven anointings to help you bring transformation wherever it is that you're called to go. So I want to give this to Pastor Huey so that he can oh. be blessed by that. Amen. And I'm going to turn my husband loose on you, and we're going to be uh, just rocked tonight in the house of the Lord. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Give a, my wife a wonderful hand of love. Wow. It's wonderful to work in team ministry together. She, uh, oftentimes when I'm preaching, she uh, sits on the front row. I say we work with, in signs and wonders, because uh, while I'm preaching, she'll give me signs, and I'll wonder what she means. But anyhow... Uh, it's, it's wonderful to actually have uh, that ability to be able to co-labor and to work together. Uh, in that book, Pastor Yuvi, we talk about DNA, and that's, I like to say, divine nature attributes. There's some things that God has in every family, every tribe, every person, and we're supposed to get that DNA, uh, if you will, from our Father, and it makes us look and act like Him. And so that's what God's going to do in your life, and it's going to do that in the territories where we are sent. And so uh, turn to somebody and say, God has something special in mind for you tonight. You have to have that in your heart. You have to know that as a truth inside of you. When you begin to believe that God wants to meet with you and God wants to impart something to you, then there's an expectation, if you will. You become that sponge that says, okay, I'm going to soak up all that's being poured out. Nothing's going to leave my venue. I'm going to take it up and I'm going to cause it to be a part of me. And if you will, it's going to begin to be a saturation in my system and I begin to operate on a whole new level. I believe that's what's going to happen for each and every one of us. Uh, the truth of it is you were made to operate in the glory. In fact, one of the uh, words that God gave to me at the beginning of the year is that we have to contend for the dream. How many understand God gives you a dream, but that doesn't mean it's easy street until you get there. But there's some things you may have to walk through. And he gave me the life of Joseph. And, you know, there's some things he had to go through in order to go from where he was to the fulfillment of the dream that you and I might not ask for. And yet it was purposeful to prepare him for what he ended up doing in the position that God placed him in. And so God has a process for every one of our life. And in that process, we go from glory to glory in the garden and Adam and Eve were created uh, in the image of God. They were reflecting the glory of God. God's dream was, I will create a mankind creature. He will be in my image and likeness. He will reflect me. He will reproduce me. He will fill the earth with the glory and the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Uh, just like the waters would cover the sea, there's going to be a thick cloud of my glory because I'm going to cause them to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth with my glory. And at the end of the day, they're going to subdue and have dominion. And that was God's heart. That was God's call. We know that some things didn't work out the way that maybe you and I thought, well, they started off great, but they sure made a mistake. But God says, I always have a plan for redemption and restoration. And so God says, I'll send my son and I'm going to get the job done. He'll be the first son of glory, but I'm going to have a whole bunch of sons of glory. When I'm done, the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. I will have a people that will know how to fulfill the dream of my heart in every land, in every place that they are sent. God has a dream for every city, every place, every nation. He has a dream for your life. And he purposely brings waves of restoration into our life to bring us into that place of operation that he has for us. 
I love the word restoration. What a powerful word over this church. Our church is vision church, but you got to have a vision to get to restoration when you get that going. See, what is restoration all about? It means you take something that maybe got broken, messed up, something is not working the way it should, and you begin to work with it with a process of the expert, and he begins to put his hands on it, and he begins to take what was broken and begin to bring that healing touch, that restoration release, so that what's dysfunctional becomes functional. What's not beautiful for the action he gives the beauty back for what uh, seems to be off track he puts it right on track and say you're going to make it to the destination restoration means it brings it back to the full beauty the glory the intent the purpose it was made for it comes alive again to be able to be utilized and it at the end of the day if you take a car and you restore it you know what it becomes even more valuable than it was off the showroom floor And God says at the end of the day, there's going to be a greater glory upon the church in the last days. What I'll do in the last days will be greater than even what happened in the beginning. What Adam and Eve saw was wonderful, but I'm telling you what, get ready. Buckle up your seatbelt. I'm getting ready to do something great in this day. And if we have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches, we'll be a part of his plan, his overcoming church that he wants to release. I'm a product of a generational blessing. How many understand you can have generational curses and you want to break those things? But wow, what a blessing to have a generational release of increase that God wants to bring. When we do it right, we set the stage for the next generation to receive. That's what my father did at age 16. And now I am one that just is a recipient of obedience. And there's somebody that's going to be the recipient of your obedience as a blessing or maybe something else if you decide to do something else. And that's why how we choose is so important in this life. And so I've been blessed. My dad's been in ministry over 60 years. Uh, He's gone as we heard to the nations of the earth and ministered and I've had the privilege of being raised up under him, going with him, being in the palaces of presidents and kings and ministering the word of the Lord, impacting nations, and believing for the word of the Lord to go forth to bring restoration to God's purpose over a people. God does that individually, and we love personal prophecy, but he does it also over locales, over cities, over regions, over people, groups, where he says, disciple the nations, that I have something in mind that I have to say. I'll send prophets to the nations. And so that's part of the restoration that my father has been pioneering for many years. And so that mantle has fallen to me as well. But even goes back to my grandfather. You know, my grandfather was a sheep shearer and a farmer that lived up in the Northwest in Washington State. And when he got saved as a teenager, it was a very powerful uh, impartation into his life. But when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, something really unique took place. He said, uh, he's in heaven now, but he said what happened Uh, was that as he began to walk home that night after being filled with the Holy Spirit, he said, God opened up creation to him. And all of a sudden, kind of like it says in Isaiah 55, that trees began to sing, the birds began to even give praises, the, the, the whole land began to cry out to God. He said he saw creation coming alive, praising the King of Kings. 
tonight I want to talk to you about something I believe is key because we're a prophetic people. We're a people that want to have vision because without vision, you can't have restoration. But if you get the right vision, you know what God has in mind. You know the destination. You know what God is decreeing and you lay hold of the promise. And when you do, then you can bring it to pass. You can work with God by faith to accomplish that which God has to say. And so when the vision comes alive inside of you, you have the opportunity of fulfilling what God made you for. Turn to somebody and say, God made you for something great. You were made for the glory. That's the truth. The earth was made to listen to you. You were made to operate with authority. And the wonderful thing is everything looks better in the glory. So turn to somebody and say, you're looking better already. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. <laughs> I can remember when I was a kid, we used to travel around a lot. And, you know, uh, my dad uh, would taught at the Bible college for many years. And then after that, we, uh, over the summer, he didn't have a, a job at the Bible college. And so we'd itinerate. He'd go from church to church to church. So I learned how to be on that front row and sit up straight and listen and do what's right. Because other things took place in my life that weren't good if I didn't do that. So... Uh, <laughs> And they made sure we worshiped and we were on the front row and that we were attentive. And, and I learned, I just, I love listening to my dad preach. He's very animated and just loves to, to, to give all of us heart and passion when, when he preaches. But we used to travel, we'd get in this station wagon. No airplanes back then much, you know, just we were barely making money at any point. And so we would all, five, three of us kids, all five of us into the station wagon, go from church to church. And so we didn't have much money, so we always went to these uh, free exhibitions. I don't know if any of you as old as I am. You know, I'm not very old, of course, but uh, 57, you know, seven grandkids. So back then, they had a lot of these things at gas stations, you know, along the highway, and they'd entice you the thing or something, come see the beautiful this or that, and amazing this and that. And so we would always take advantage of that because... They were free. So anyhow, we, we remember one time we stopped. And they said, come see the amazing rocks. And we pulled into this place. And, and all of us young kids were so excited. We're going to see this rock. This is going to be amazing. Wow, the descriptions, the billboards were so descriptive. And we were excited about it. And we walked into this room. And they ushered us in. And they said, okay, now we're going to show you what we're going to do. And they turned on the lights. And we looked at the rocks. And we said, oh, Dad this is terrible. They're ugly rocks, normal rocks. I've seen a million rocks like this. There's nothing special about anything here. Oh, let's go. They said, wait, 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 everybody. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to turn off the natural lights and we're going to turn on the ultraviolet light, the black light. All of a sudden, we're going we're gonna to shift the light. And they, sure enough, they shifted the natural light onto another light. You know what happened? Boom! Those normal, ugly, regular, old, normal rocks turned into what looked like gems of beauty, neon colors. I mean, they just almost made your eyes blink. You're looking at them go, whoa, I can't believe those rocks really look like that. What was the difference? The light shining on them. I'm telling you what, some people may have looked at you and said, I don't know if they're worth much. I don't know if they're beautiful. I don't know if anything good can come out of Nazareth. I don't know about them. And God says, wait, wait, wait. You haven't seen them prophetically. You haven't seen them through my eyes. You haven't looked again to say, there's something more in store that I want to do. When I get done with them, they're going to be the best thing you've ever seen. Turn to somebody and say, I know he's talking about you. Oh, be careful. 
restoration comes because vision comes inside of us. I want to talk to you tonight about how sometimes you have to look again. The first view that you get of a thing may not be what God has in mind for you to see. And so you may dismiss it. You may say it's not worth. You may devalue it. What happens when you devalue something? You begin to say it doesn't have worth. It's not worth it. But when you have value, you might say these trials of your faith are more precious than gold. Well, I don't know. It doesn't look that way to me. And God says, wait, let me show you what I see. And when you see it my way, you're going to have a different view about life and about all the things that I want to do. See, we've had the privilege of going to some 60 nations around the world. And as I said, at times ministering to heads of denominations, sometimes ministering to churches and rich and poor and all in between presidents and kings and all those things. But I'm telling you, the key is this. God sends his word into regions and into nations because he always has a redemptive purpose. He always has that which he had in mind. And he wants to release a word of restoration to say this is what I made you for this is what I put inside of you there's a purpose that I had in mind when I gave you these gifts these abilities don't put yourself down because oh we're from this country this region we speak this way I don't have the education I look like this I have this color whatever it might be God says no I made you rightly and I made you for me and you're going to display my glory and when you understand that you come alive to be able to be what God had in mind from the beginning. You know, we go into a lot of nations, they, they say, you know, somebody who speaks one language or two languages is bilingual, right? If they speak three languages, it's trilingual. And they say if they speak one language, they're American. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> but I want you to know I've learned how to speak a lot of languages. I can speak Canadian, eh? I can speak Australian. Hello, mate. Okay. Maybe a little Hawaiian. Hang loose, bra. You know, anyhow. The truth of it is every nation and every place, God had something in mind from the beginning for them. And the reason, so when you say discover, what you mean is you uncover. In other words, something's covered up, but God says, my word comes and causes revelation. What's revelation mean? It was veiled, but now it's not going to be veiled anymore. Now I'm going to reveal. I'm going to show you who you really are and what I really made you to be for me. He said, this is how I will build my church. People will know who I am. And when they know who I am, as he said to Peter, now, Peter, uh, you're not Simon. You are Peter. Let me speak to you. Now that you know who I am, I can speak to you who you really are. And he said, this is the rock that I'll build my church upon, the rock of revelation, that the keys of the kingdom could be granted to that kind of church that they could bring transformation in order for transformation to take place there has to be a heart of restoration and so we have to say God I believe I choose to believe you can restore my family you can restore my heart you can restore my abilities whatever I've lost along the way you're a God of restoration and the purpose that you are restoring me is so I can be an instrument of transformation and God's raising up a transformation generation that has that capacity to do what? Break the curse and loose the blessings of heaven. What did he say? I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind and loose will affect the heavens and will affect the earth. These are the keys that will cause you to overcome even the power of the gates of hell. They will not be stronger than you, but you will be ones who will operate with authority to break the curse of hell and loose the blessings of heaven in the land. 
Mm. I can remember uh, a few years ago, you know, we have hurricanes in Florida, so we know what that's about. And I was watching the news and a hurricane had swept into the Carolinas and so it wasn't really a new thing to me, but I was listening to this kind of old codger that was there talking about the storm that had just come through. And he said, yeah, this storm, I can't believe it. I've been here my whole life. And there are trees that got uprooted in our territory and in this landscape that have been there since I was a kid, as long as I've been alive. And he was amazed. And the Lord said to me, that's the saturation effect. I said, oh, okay, God, what's that mean? He says, if the rain falls enough on the land, if the rain falls enough and saturates the ground, permeates and causes hard things to be broken up and softens up the ground rightly, then things that have been rooted in the ground generationally that look like they would never change, never be moved, all it will take is the wind of my spirit blowing and I will topple some things and I will root up some things and I will begin to shift the landscape that you live in. Come on, some of you need to lift up your hands right now. God, we are here to say the reason we praise, the reason we pray, the reason that we ask you to come, because we know that when you begin to saturate our ground, the things that have been there generationally as a curse, saying we're going to root in you in bitterness, we're going to root in you in abandonment, we're going to root in you in anger, or whatever it might be, that root of lust, whatever it is, has to go, because we're going to be saturated in the presence of God, and we're going to allow you to permanently every part of our being even our territory has to now begin to be transformed because God things that have been in our landscape forever are now going to change in the name of Jesus and we receive that reality now give the Lord a hand clap because something is transacting that's why you got to persist well, the wind blew and nothing fell over. Well, maybe if you'd allowed a little more saturation, you'd have been ready. And things could have shifted for you the way God wants. See, prophetic people, yes, they see problems. And sometimes that's the easiest thing to see, right? But the more important thing is is they see potential. You want to see the problem so you can deal with the obstacle that stops the potential of being realized. It's not to condemn and put you in a bad place and say, well, God doesn't love you. No, he loves you enough to speak the truth, to help you to be free, because when you know the truth, everything changes for you. And so the power of the prophetic begins to work in the earth. It begins to work in our life to break the curse. My wife is going to talk about how it's a comeback year. Uh, uh, God gave to me about having that contending in, in your heart for the dream that God has placed over your life. And we know that it's never easy. It's always a struggle. But the truth of it is, you can change the atmosphere. Jesus crossed over to the other side and a storm arose. And we know uh, in the midst of the storm, the disciples thought that they were going to die. They woke up Jesus who was in the boat all along and said, we're going to die. And he didn't say, oh, guys, it's okay. Don't worry, I'm here to save the day. He said, guys, where is your faith? He says, I can speak to the winds and waves, and I'll show you it can be done. But the truth is, I'm expecting something out of you. You can do this too. 
I think about Peter, you know. Jesus is walking on the water. I recognize him. And then he bids me come. Oh, okay. Wow. He doesn't even think about the winds of the waves or the water, really. This is something really impossible. It can't happen. This can't happen. This can't. He didn't think about that. He just saw Jesus beckoning, saying, hey, come over here, boy. Come over here, son. I love you. Come on. Come be with me. And it was just the heart of pursuit to say, I want to be with my Lord that caused him to do something that you and I would say, there's no way that could ever take place. And he did it. He walked on water just like Jesus. And then Jesus, you know, even when he falters, picks him up, but he does say something to him. Hey, son, where's your faith? Stop looking at the winds and waves. Start looking at me. And you're going to see, you can do things that you thought never could take place. God has some impossible things that he's going to do for you in this season. What's impossible? It just means that naturally it's not possible, but super, super, supernaturally it's above the laws of the land that God says, I'll rise up and I will supersede whatever naturally says no way. In fact, if you need that kind of miracle right now, lift up one hand toward heaven. Father, I'm praying for impossible things to begin to be loosed. Father, it has to start in our heart. It has to start in our mind is that if we believe, nothing should have to be impossible to us. So it's not a matter of the facts. It's a matter of the truth. Lord, if we believe you, you're the truth, the life, the way. You will make a way for me. Your truth will set me free, and I will do impossible things. So, Father, I speak over every issue, whether it's in their family, their finances, whether it's in the midst of the ministry you've called them to do, whether it's in the midst of the difficulty that feels like it's overwhelming. The winds and waves may be coming and spraying them right in the eye and stinging deep, but, Father, I decree they're going to make it. They're going to honor you. They're going to give you glory. They're going to see restoration. They're going to see limitations broken. And they're going to see impossible things loosed unto them. Come on, just say it to the Lord. I believe. I believe. You can change the atmosphere. In fact, I would say this. You were made to change the atmosphere. I can't tell you how many times there in Florida that we've had hurricanes, you know, just like uh, uh, an aimed gun saying, hey, right there, Santa Rosa Beach, get ready. You're getting ready to be taken out. And how many times we had to stand and say, no, this is God's place. He sent us here. We're going to make a decree. We had Hurricane Opal that destroyed everything around about us. And I'll tell you what, God had already given us a word to say. Uh, when you see this kind of storm coming, pray. And Bishop and others, we were overseas, but they stood in the building and they made decrees, went down the water and said things. Do you know all around about us was devastation from Panama City over to Fort Walton Beach? And they said after the fact, it was like there was a bubble over this area. We don't know. Maybe it was um, the sand dunes that saved them. Oh, yeah, right. We didn't even have a tree down. And they had debris uh, up to the second story all around about us, to the east and to the west. How could that be? We didn't even have a branch down. That's impossible. Well, no, not if you pray and believe. We've had them turn this way and turn that. We had an oil spill that came uh, barreling against us coming down the coast. If you're uh, aware of that, BP oil spill off Louisiana coast, this uh, slick of miles of uh, thick, ugly oil and sludge that was heading down uh, from Louisiana over to Mississippi, Mississippi over to Alabama, Alabama right over to the panhandle of Florida. And all of a sudden, people are being affected. Economies are being affected. 
estuaries and beauty was being affected. The land was being soiled and polluted. And God said, what are you going to do? I remember we had this meeting about three times as many as this in this Hilton Hotel down at Sandestin. And, oh, the sheriff got up and the mayor got up and the people got up and everybody, nobody, the, the military couldn't save us. Three large bases around us. The scientists had no answers. They didn't know what to do. None of the uh, public officials had any answers to fix what was getting ready to take. But all they could do is procrast- uh, 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 begin to tell us, what's the word? Prognosticate. Maybe procrastinate too. <laughs> and say, it's coming our way. And you know what we did? We got about 16 pastors together from the area because we'd already developed a good heart of unity. And we got on the boat, went out Destin Pass. We headed out toward uh, where the oil slick was. And we took anointing oil and we poured anointing oil against the oil slick oil and said, you cannot come here. Now you might say, well, What about Louisiana? What about Mississippi? Well, I don't know. All I know is for me and my house, God says, this is my land. This is your land. Now you have a responsibility and a stewardship positioning. What are you going to do? So we prayed and made decrees. You know what the news said? It's coming here tomorrow. You know what happened? In our churches, we stood up. We all stretched our hands to the south and said, you cannot come to our shores. We even took our church down to the beach on Wednesday nights and we put our feet in the water and we prayed how many want to come to our church now all right okay go to the beach all right well that's audacious what do you mean you're gonna change things I'm telling you for two three months they said every day it's gonna be here tomorrow I was talking to the fish uh fish captain that uh was a part of the unity that we had of the churches there and he told me at that first big wave when it was supposed to hit the next day, he went out with his boat, went out Destin Pass, went out to close to where the oil spill was, and he said there was a current that began to flow in the Gulf that he had never experienced before. His engines were at full throttle to just stay in one place the best he could. Pushing that oil slick out. Now I'm telling you, Every day they said it's going to be there. And every day we prayed. We got up on Sundays. We made decrees. We said, you're not coming here. You're not going to pollute our estuaries. You're not going to affect our economy. You're not going to come and destroy the beauty. You're not going to come and pollute the land that God's given to us. We said, no. And I'm telling you what finally took place. The oil didn't ever come to our shores. And one day, you know what they said? It's disappeared and we don't know why. It disintegrated. It got reabsorbed. It it moved. We we don't know. It's just not there anymore. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. That doesn't happen by accident. It's because of people know how to operate in faith and begin to make a decree and say, we're going to change the atmosphere. We're going to stand against what the enemy is trying to do to invade. We're going to say, no, we have the keys of the kingdom and we're going to withstand the gates of hell and say, Khan, you will prevail if we believe. Turn to somebody and say, you can do that. Sometimes you need an impartation to make a difference. How many understand that? Uh, you know, we love these things, these gadgets. I love iPad, iPhone. I will, I won't, I don't know. They're wonderful when they work, right? A couple of things you got to remember about them that I found out is that you've got to take the time to charge them up. 
Oh, I don't want to have to take the time to try. Great, but when you need them the most is when they're going to not work and die. Well, why do we come to church and praise again? Oh, because you have a way of draining, you see. And you need to pray every day. You need to come and praise continually. You need to come into the presence because in that presence, there's an activation and impartation that begins to charge you up so that you don't lose connectivity and you don't lose uh, that charge of ability that you need to get the job done. But you know what I've also found out about these things? You got to keep them upgraded. In fact, periodically, you know what you'll get? You'll get a notification on your device that will say an upgrade is available. Now, what do you got to do when that happens? Ignore it and say, I don't want to mess up, mess with that. I don't want to take the time. No. If you're smart, you don't ignore it very long because all of a sudden what used to work doesn't work anymore. And you see everybody with all these other abilities, why can't I do that? Well, I'll tell you why. An upgrade is available. There's a Release and a notification from heaven that's saying to the church, an upgrade is available. On the day of Pentecost, the church went in weak and, and frail and, and facing persecution, and they got an upgrade from heaven, and they walked out with power, and they changed the city and the nation, and the world was turned upside down because they received what they needed to get the job done. An impartation happened in their life. You have to say, when you get that notification, you make an upload to the www, the worldwide wisdom of God, right? And say, God, I need heaven now to download into my life. Solomon went to bed, a weak, young child, frail, and afraid that he couldn't get the job done. Overnight, God imparted through a dream the wisdom that made him the greatest and wisest man in all the earth. God's saying an upgrade is available. What you have to do is make that upload request to say, God, I want it. How many want the upgrade? You want the more. Well, lift your hands toward heaven. I'm going to pray for you. As you're lifting up your hands, sometimes along with that message, it says, do you agree with the terms and conditions? How many read all the terms and conditions? Don't lie to me. No, we probably don't. You know what we just say? We check the box and say, I don't know what it's going to take, but I want it. I want it. Just give it to me, whatever it takes. Okay. Strong army, I know, but I'm going to do it. Fathers, we lift up our hands right now. We are connecting to heaven. We're connecting to heaven's power source. We're connecting to the Holy Spirit. We're connecting to the atmosphere of heaven to say it's going to be pulled down into our earth. And we're saying as we make this upload request to say, God, I want all of it, that you're going to begin to do something for us called a download into our system that's going to give us an upgrade when we activate it. And so for right now, we're saying, God, Start that process. You know, when you're in the middle of that, it says, whatever you do, don't disconnect in the middle of the process. As you start tonight, don't disconnect until you get it. Don't disconnect until God says, it's finished. You've done what you needed to do. Now you're prepared for the next stage, the next phase of your life. Now begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Oh, 
Lord, start the download. Start the download. Start the download. Start the download right now into our system, oh God. Into our abilities, our programming, oh God. Into that which we have need of to be able to go to the next level and to accomplish the greater things. Father, now I want it. I connect to it and I receive from it and I allow it to go down deep inside of me in the name of Jesus now put your hand on your belly because a lot of times it says you know what this will not be installed until you hit something called the restart button and when you hit the restart button you know what happens all of a sudden there's some viruses some trojans some malware some corrupted files there's some things that are in there that are stopping you shutting you down making you misfire but when you hit that restart button, all of a sudden, I, my wife brings things to me and I, I don't tell her this. You don't tell her either, all right? So a lot of times I've discovered a secret. Sometimes you just got to turn it down, off and turn it back on and it fixes itself. And God's going to restart your hope. He's going to restart your love. He's going to restart your faith disappointment is now going to be broken off of your life and delay is not going to work against you. It's going to work for you. Right now in the name of Jesus, Father, we declare we're hitting the restart in our heart that we're going to operate on a whole new level. Father, there's a new operating system that you're wanting us to receive so the church can be what you need in the earth, oh God. We can't live by the past alone, but we're going to live by every word that's proceeding from heaven out of the mouth of God into our life that begins to shift who we are for you and helps us to do things that we could not do in the last season, but you have amazing upgrades and abilities and applications that are only going to come to us as we're willing to engage with you even tonight. If this is an impartation service, then we're believing for that shift to happen in our lives that we will be different. We'll have something that we did not have before. Lord, you're redefining the church. You're redefining our lives. We will not be confined by the lies of the enemy against our lives. We're not going to be ones that live by limitation. We're not going to live by all the old reputations. We're not going to live by the things that have put us in the box. We're breaking out. We're breaking out. We're believing you. And we're going to do the new things that you said that we could do in our generation. Father, we hit the restart button right now to declare we are going to be the hinge of history. We are going to be the people that make a difference. We're going to be the ecclesia. We're going to look again at the church and say, who are we? What were we made to do? The ecclesia in Greek culture, the legislative body, the Senate, the ecclesia in Roman culture, that release where they were a military task force making every conquered territory look like Rome. Oh God, your ecclesia called to legislate in the spirit, called to rule in the land to determine what's going to happen and what's not going to happen, to use the keys of the kingdom to decree what you want to do to begin to loose heaven's blessing and heaven's government into the earth to make this place resemble heaven and reflect your glory in the earth father touch your hand on your head give me an upgrade god in my mentality 
I don't want to live by just a little fellowship mentality. We're just getting together to feel good. No, we're getting together to legislate in Huntsville and Madison. We're getting together to create a new atmosphere that's going to cause the kingdom of God to come. We're getting together because in unity, we can cause the enemy to flee. We're getting together because there's something that transacts when we pour vessel into vessel that can change the very reality of the climate that we are living in. We are a gate. We are gatekeepers. We are the ones that make the difference. What happens is because you look at your church, if my people, if my people, if my people know how to pray, if my people get it right, if my people arise, then everything in the land can be healed, can be restored, can be changed. Father, allow me now to look at myself differently. Let me look at the church with a new view. Let a prophetic understanding be birthed in the earth because now even the enemies of God will look at the church differently because we know who we are. Not in pride, but in the reality of the positioning that only you can give. And you said you would have sons and daughters. They would reflect the glory and they would fill the earth with it. Father, that's our desire. We're going higher. An impartation that's going to shift our identity so we can fulfill our destiny. Father, thank you. You know, a number of years ago, a friend of mine, Prophet Jim LaFoon, had a dream. And in this dream, he saw a very specific thing. He saw this horse race like the Kentucky Derby. These horses are running, running, running. And he saw this white horse go out front, running strong, running beautiful, looked like for sure it was going to win. And in the dream, he saw this horse hit a rut with both its legs and broke them both like that. Tra tragic. I think it was the year 2008, and he woke up very disturbed and knew it was a dream from the Lord. And, Lord, what does this mean? And the Lord said, that's the American and global economy. Things are getting ready to hit a rut and break. As you know, as we lived through that, that was true. And this was before that took place. And uniquely that year, for the first time ever, I think it was the horse Eight Bells actually did that very thing in the Kentucky Derby where it broke both its legs. And he said, okay, God, I know this is true. This is from you. And so he said, the Lord said to him, it's going to be a recession, but not a depression. And so at that time, I don't know about you, but our church finances dropped like 60% in just like that amount of time and some things that were taking place. And we're going, oh God, you know, what are we going to do? So we were, you know, we're working through it. A lot of people in their businesses, a lot of people with their, their lives and uh, incomes and all kinds. They're just trying to make it through. It was encouragement to hear it's a recession, not a depression. But the Lord said to me, son, it's not it economic recession that you have to worry about it's the spirit of depression that the enemy wants to bring to the church to rob hope to rob faith to rob us out of that place and so I didn't really know what clinical depression was about so I did the only thing I knew as a good prophet of God I google it right listen it says you can't sleep or you sleep too much you can't concentrate easy tasks become hard. You become hopeless and helpless. You begin to have negative thoughts about yourself and about life. You begin to lose your appetite. Either you can't eat or you can't stop eating. Maybe that must be depressed. Okay, anyhow. You get irritable. Everybody's on your last nerve. You isolate. Insulate. Run away when you should be running too. And I'm telling you, it may have been that that recession 
dipped and we're not quite there like we were, but there's still a spirit of depression the enemy's tried to bring to the people of God. And maybe you or somebody you know has been affected in some of these ways. And if that is something you want to believe that will be broken tonight, I want you to just lift up your hands. If it's you, if it's someone you love or know, let's agree. Father, as an apostle of God, I take that which you've granted unto me in authority, and I begin to wield the sword of the Lord, and I cut these people free from this foul spirit of intimidation and depression that the enemy has tried to bring to try to cause them to run away and to back away and to withdraw or to be afraid or live in survival. Father, we say no in the name of Jesus Christ and I loose them now from that thing that would depress their emotion, depress their faith where they keep them running backward instead of forward to the battle. Father, we bless them now and speak a newness of hope, faith, love, joy, peace that would rule their hearts in a way that would cause them to be overcomers no matter what they face. We break the spirit of depression that comes from the intimidation of the enemy. You know, many years ago we were in our church that was a modular building. We now have a beautiful building, but uh, we were just young pastors. I remember we were being used to go to the nations and we we're just in our 20s and now we're, you know, a little older than that, maybe 30, 40. Anyhow. And my wife was walking through the church and she was walking through. It was not at the service time. She was kind of by herself and she heard these words behind her say, I'm going to kill you. So she turned around and she looked she walked through the church. Nobody in the church that day, just her. Then she had a succession of dreams that this demon would show up, look her in the eye and say, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take you out. Threatening, intimidating, mean, ugly. Finally, after hearing these things, and of course, and having these dreams, we were praying. We were making some decrees. We were saying, no, you're not going to kill her, of course. And then she had this dream again, and all of a sudden the demon showed up. But in the dream, something rose up inside of her, and she said back to that demon, she says, I think that if you could have killed me, you would have done it already. And all of a sudden you saw a sheepish look on the devil. And then she saw the hand of God behind this demon pushing him forward, saying, you tell her. And she woke up from the dream. Well, was God being mean to make this demon do that to her? Was he wanting her to live in fear and intimidation? I'm going to die. Or what was God doing? God was revealing so that we could deal. So that that which the enemy had planned as a scheme would not come to pass. Not that we would run and hide away and say, oh, we can't fulfill the call of God because the devil's going to kill us. No, he's saying, hey, I will always be faithful to you as you're faithful to me. And I will put a decree in your mouth and I will give you an overcoming spirit. The enemy can't kill you as long as I've called you and you're loved by me and you're walking in that calling. And so she's still alive today. And more beautiful than she was then, if that's possible. There was a day that Elisha, the servant of God, was going around changing his country. He was dealing with the enemy. In fact, he was exposing the plans of hell. And every time the enemy thought they had the, the church all ready to be taken out, well, all of a sudden the 
the plan would be shown to the man of God. And so they would stop it. But then the, the enemy, the, the king of the enemy, he got mad. He go, wow, this is not right. Something's going on. I got to have a spy in my camp. Somebody's telling them every time we get ready to have a victory against them, it turns around. And so he's getting ready to kill his own guys. And they yell, oh, oh, oh please, 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 don't, don't kill us. It's not, it's not our fault. It's that old prophet in the country. He sees it. He tells it. And, and then he sets it up where we get taken out. And so the king says, okay, if it's that Elisha guy, we can do something about that. So he gathers up all his guys. He surrounds, if you remember, Elisha and his servant. Second Kings 6, all of a sudden they're, they're waking up one morning. They're looking around and go, oh, my God. Their servant says, we're dead men. We're going bankrupt. This is never going to happen. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm going to have a divorce. My kids are going to, oh, no, this is the worst day of my life. We are surrounded and there's no hope. So he runs to Elisha thinking to get some sympathy. Oh, man of God, look what's happening. And he goes, oh, don't worry. What does he say back to him? If you remember, more are they with us than are with them. How many know sometimes your first view is not the right view? Sometimes the person you thought you would hate ends up being your best friend. Maybe you married them. I don't know. But anyhow, don't look at anybody. Okay. He says, wait a minute, come over here, boy. Let me do something. I need to pray for you. And he prays and he says, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. Well, what was he seeing? He was seeing reality, but God says there's a superseding, greater reality. I'm telling you what, you think you're surrounded, but I actually use this circumstance to surround the enemy and I'm gonna blind them and take them out and you're gonna have an amazing victory today if you can see what is the truth of what you're going through right now. Sometimes we look, but we don't see. In fact, that was the condemnation of the generation that Jesus said needed a prophetic release. They look, but they can't see. They have eyes, they have ears, but they don't hear. And he says in the book of Revelation, if you have ears to hear, you're not just ears, but ones that know how to receive. That's why we're raising up a prophetic generation. Sons and daughters that will prophesy, have dreams, have visions, be a people of revelation. See, there are days that my wife wakes up and maybe she'd say, honey, I, I, I don't know. I just need a little strength. Could you help me? And I may be the one that prays for her and say, God, open her eyes. Help her to have faith. Help her to be strengthened in whatever way. And there are other days that I'll say, honey, could you pray for me? There are days my father, Bishop Hamlin, has been in ministry 60 years, and I'll say, hey, Dad, could you pray for me? This is tough. I don't understand. This is hard. I don't know how to get through this exactly. And, and he'll talk to me, but then he'll pray for me. God opened his eyes. And there are days that my father, Bishop Hammond, who's been in ministry all these years, may say, son, could you pray for me? And the truth is, that's the way it should be. God never meant you to be an eye to yourself, an ability to just stand on your own and just do things. God says you need that husband, that wife. You need the people in faith. You need to gather together that you might have an impartation because we can all rise up in fear sometimes and say, oh my gosh, panic grips your heart. There was a day that Jezebel was ruling. There was a day that witchcraft and idolatry was filling the land. And Elijah rises up and says, this will not stand. 
we're going to change this. Something's going to happen. We're not going to be an idolatrous uh, nation full of witchcraft and, and all this perversity. It's not going to be like that. I'm telling you, something's going to change. And he rose up and he began to make a decree. I'm telling you what, the heavens are going to listen to me today. They're going to be shut or open at my word. Wow. Man, well, that was Elijah. You know what it says in James? He was a man of just like passions like you and I. He did it the way that we can do it. In the name of Jesus, in the power of God. He spoke to the heavens, they were shut up, and then he dealt with the prophets of Baal in Mount Carmel, right? <clears throat> Big clash. And God wins the day. Wonderful. And then he goes, man, the drought is over. The drought is over. Everybody, hallelujah, the prophetic word is great. The drought is over. Are you excited? Oh, we're so excited. And then he goes, all right, servant, could you go check it out? So, well, sure, okay, man, the man of God said it's got to happen. All right, let's go look over the mountain, over the ocean. Let's see what's happening out there. Oh, that was a powerful word, dude. Were you there at the service? I was at the service. Man, did you hear that word? I heard that word. The drought is over. Oh, the drought is over. Well, check it out. What do you think? Oh, man, I got to go tell the man of God. Uh, yeah, Elijah, I love that word. It was powerful. I know, I know. We recorded it. It's on Facebook Live. It's, it's for everywhere. But I just got to say something. I went and checked out what you told me to do, and um, yeah, nothing's changed. I said nothing has changed. Oh, oh, well, go again. You know, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, it's got to be. It's got <laughs> Well, no. Um, yeah, nothing. Not, I mean, like, nothing. Okay, we'll go again three times. Four times, five, six. Oh, that man of God, he had a good word, but oh Lord, it's been, it's been six times. And I just don't know if I want to go one more. I just, I can't have my hope dash. I can't go through one more second of this. You can't send me out there to look again. Nothing's changed for six times. I don't know about you, but I've been around charismatic circles long enough to know that we can call almost anything a miracle. You know, I had a hangnail and it fell off this morning. Oh, my hair would not work. And I prayed and God got the frizz all out. Hallelujah. I mean, praise God for anything, right? But let me tell you this. <laughs> Sometimes you got to take the smallest indication that God would give to you and be willing to run with it. And so the seventh time the man goes out one more. Oh, I don't know. One more time. Surely something. Oh, oh. Well, hmm. A little puff of smoke over there. I got something to say. Hey, uh, man, I got. I want. I did. I saw something. Not. Not so sure. You know, it was. Yeah, small. It was just a a, a little puff over that corner, over on the east, over there. Oh, did, and, and Elijah looks back and goes, Oh, hallelujah! That's it. Oh, the drought is over. Everything's changed. Oh, you better get up on your chariot, uh, Ahab, and go. I'm telling you, I'm going to outrun you. There's something that shifted in the atmosphere. It's going to be totally different. The word that I spoke is coming to pass. Oh, it's happening right now. What do you mean? What did you see again? That is what you're praising God about. And God says, if you'll praise the little shift in the atmosphere, if you'll begin to get excited about the new direction, the tide that was going out is now coming back in. God says, I can turn things around for you. I can begin to do what looks like it's impossible. That which is the grain of the size of a mustard seed will be the thing that will begin everything to change. The land is coming alive. The atmosphere is changing. The drought is over. 
water. Oh, the rains, the rain, the rain, the abundance of rain. I hear it. I hear it. It's going to fall. It's going to flood. It's going to shift. The atmosphere is changing because you know how to celebrate what I have decreed I would do. And even though it seems small, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And that's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in and joining us for today's audio podcast here at Restoration Foursquare Church. We hope you have been empowered and encouraged by today's message. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please visit our website at r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.